एवरीवन वेलकम टू डिजाइन हैट एंड वेलकम टू डिजाइन हैट पॉडकास्ट दिस इज द थर्ड पॉडकास्ट एंड टुडे वी हैव अ वेरी वेरी एस्टाउंडिंग एंड स्पेशल गेस्ट फॉर ऑल ऑफ यू गाइस वी हैव सृष्टि मेहरोत्रा हु इज एन यूएक्स रिसर्चर एट एयरटेल सृष्टि द स्टेज इज योर्स यू कैन इंट्रोड्यूस योरसेल्फ एंड टेल अस व्हाई डिड यू गो इनटू डिजाइन एंड व्हाट इज योर स्टोरी बिहाइंड इट thanks abhi for introducing me hi everyone my name is srishti and i work as a ux researcher for airtel my job primarily is to advocate for the voice of the user when uh, product decisions are being taken or designs are being made and uh, why design is a long story uh, design was never part of the plan um i was like every other indian student i was preparing for uh, a career in like mathematics or sciences and uh, yeah everybody expected me to do like something related to science most of my subjects were related to that as well uh, it was only in 11th grade when i fought with my parents a lot i begged and i pleaded and i asked them to let me take uh, visual arts after a few months nearly at the end of 11th grade they uh, they relented and i could take visual arts later that year or earlier in my 12th grade we used to have these um, college fairs in our school and there was a representative from uh, savanna college of art and design in the us scad and that's a very famous design school and this representative came over and uh, he was telling us about his school i was very fascinated and i told him hey you know what i'll show you around and i'll show you my artwork i'll show you what i've been working on so i showed him and he said oh wow you know you seem like you would be a good candidate for this school and i said you know what uh, as much as i love this um i won't be able to pursue it because uh, my life is going to be in science i'll probably do something like engineering and uh, my parents would never agree to this and you know applying to schools abroad takes a lot of money you have to put in a lot of uh, like you have to pay a lot of admission fine you have to uh, admission, admission fees and you have to like send in your transcripts and everything too much expense and parents would not bear it because they don't want me to do design right bahut mushkil se art liya tha 11th mein Uh, so he gave me this uh, little note and it had a uh, code so he said ye code lagana to you will get an admission fees waiver and i got i did the waiver uh, my college counselor at the school she secretly sent my transcripts and she said ki i'll put this bill at the end of the academic year to abhi parents ko nahi pata chalega 12th khatam ho jayega tab pata chalega so i was like okay the first letter that i got from that school which was an acceptance letter I was there to receive it at home, and I hid it. I was very happy to know, but I knew that at home, people don't tell me. It was like a secret thing. And then a week or a couple of weeks afterwards, I got a letter at my house. Um, it was a scholarship letter, which I was not accepting. Like I was not expecting it, and my mom was there to accept it. And that day, when I got back from uh, cool my mom was like beta what is this you know <laughs> so um obviously like that was the beginning of like that conversation the you know like telling the truth to my parents conversation that you know i am really interested in design and uh, at the time they were still not convinced but i said ki chalo tab tak nid ka paper to पास हो चुका था डेडलाइंस वर ओवर बट निफ्ट का डेडलाइन में से एक या एक या दो हफ्ते बचे थे तो आई कन्विंस दैम कि लेट मी जस्ट गिव इट एंड माय डैड हैड सम फ्रेंड हु न्यू अ लॉट अबाउट निफ्ट सो ही कन्विंस माय डैड दैट ओ यू नो इट्स अ गुड कॉलेज 
um it's a rigorous course uh, you should she can try it so my dad got convinced thanks to peer pressure and uh, you know then i applied for nift i never like prepared prepared or anything the only preparation i had was from school and i think that was a good uh, oh actually i want to digress a little bit and talk about my visual arts journey but okay uh, but because of whatever i done in school i had um, been a bit more prepared for the nift first round and then i got to the second round and uh, i really didn't know what to expect but somehow that also got cleared and uh, i got uh, a fairly decent rank so i was able to get nift delhi which was a sought after center and um, yeah so that's how i got into design uh, why design is the part that doesn't get answered even now but um, i'll so now i'll talk about my school visual arts journey which is um, i did this course called uh, the international baccalaureate uh, the ib and we had a visual arts program which was very strong so not only was it related to doing art so a lot of schools and especially at school level they have uh, art classes which are very skill based so are you able to represent exactly um, you know this object or are you able to draw well are you able to color well or paint well but um, ib art was very critical in its approach so you actually like looked at anything and you thought about uh, about it from like a lot of different perspectives and that's what gave me like a first hand idea of what it was like to do research in terms of material so i combined that with my love original like childhood love of like playing with my hands plasticine making things breaking things and um, it sort of became like a natural path um even though initially like my family was not very um convinced that you know there is a future in something like this um nobody in my family is a designer so obviously like you know when when everyone's coming from a very um, academic or very technical background they don't understand they don't think and it's not like they were um they were against it they were very worried that i won't be able to like make any money you know that's how they say um like you know a lot of people say this about pursuing the arts that you know there's no uh, there's no life in it there's no money to be made in it uh, you may or may not be successful so those are the fears that my family also had but eventually like over the years i've been able to um show them with evidence that hey you know what like i can uh, you know i can make a living for myself i can uh, you know be very happy following this uh this uh, this field so i think now it's been you know now now they've come to terms with it now they encourage others as well that that's like a great story because i think uh the one thing that is unique in your story is the ib uh, because like if in other boards like cbsc or icsc it's very like we have an art and craft course but it's very difficult to make parents convinced to take art and craft as in 11th or 12th because it is very very rare like people take it as a major so i think that was something and also what you talked about making and breaking things and how that uh, made you like how that you got how that made you go go into the design field i just wanted to ask what do you think like make and break thing kind of concept is something that usually parents take it as in a way that uh that something that the, that kind of people or that kind of if the kid is doing that these things this is something related to going into 
computer science are going into engineering because in uh, i think uh, in in 38 movie as well he said that making he, mm-hmm. he used to unscrew and screw things up so that is making him making things so that is kind of why he did this and do you think that is something whatever society is trying to teach us um see i think um, traditionally you know indians have been very good at like science at math at engineering so um, these are subjects which are very ingrained in society and they are very acceptable and uh, now i think design is also getting to that level you know before uh, maybe maybe say 10 years ago people people weren't really aware of design its practical applications obviously it's not like it didn't exist in india i think design has been very closely related to india and indians have great design and like contextual design but um, you know in like regular society or even if you look at uh, our portrayal of design as a field in say popular culture like movies or uh, tv shows you know design comes across as something that is very um very uh, how do i say it like very snobbish very uh, um inaccessible to like a regular uh, to like regular people and i think that that portrayal itself is uh, a little bit problematic because if you see like any movie which is about like regular middle class people you'll have engineers in it it's very relatable <laughs> but if you're uh, if you're talking about designers somehow it's it becomes like the rich people who and the the way they portray the lifestyle as well the way they portray their houses nobody portrays designers as like sitting in your sweatpants and like you know uh staying on your laptop the whole day which is what a lot of designers do uh designers are portrayed as like some uh, crazy beings and uh, i think that misrepresentation also has a part to play in it yeah i agree so, i agree i absolutely agree uh so let's go forward i just wanted to ask you about how, a little bit about your experience at nift and nid because you have done a lot of like education at these two institutes so i wanted to ask you about a little bit of experience and what kind of learnings you have got from it like yeah. mm. okay i think uh, if i could just put it very briefly it would be that nift taught me execution and nid taught me to think and i think both are very very important parts of design if i had to elaborate i think nift is um, very industry oriented it's very like ye market mein chalega sort of way or at least when i was there uh, the courses have completely changed now they follow a major minor system now but at the time we had just one uh, stream that we could take up and um, the course that i was in was obviously instrumental in forming me as a person um i was in a course called netwear design where not only were we learning pattern making and garment construction like fashion design students we were also working on like textiles uh, where we were looking at how do you make the knitted textile how do you you know how what are the machine what is the machinery like how is this industrially produced things like that so i, I think uh, and also al- along with that we had courses on photography and styling we had courses in design process we had uh basically a lot of different types of courses uh, our domain was much smaller because i think nits are a little bit more specific or more um, like a smaller domain um i mean i wouldn't say it now because t-shirts and everything are all knit but it, it was more specialized and around that specialization we were learning a lot of things so even like embroidery surf- surface and all of that and 
um, the thing with Nift is that there's a lot of like hands-on work. Like you have to stitch shirts, you have to stitch things, and uh, a lot of or, or like even with knitting, right? Like it's not enough to know how to knit in principle. If you have to knit a sweater or, or if you have to knit a product, you have to knit every single loop, and in, and you can only knit one by one, right? If you're hand knitting. So that execution part, the fact that okay, you have you've done the design now, you need to get down to work. That's something that got ingrained in me due to NIFT. When I went to NID, it was a completely different culture. In NID, we question everything. We go down to the purpose of why we're doing what we're doing, or whether we even need to do it. So you know, we would have questions like, okay, we have this product, but do we even need this product? You know, does this even need to be a product? And I think that is a very good uh, way of us, a uh, way for us to break out of our own thoughts. You know, you can't solve everything with an app. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to solve everything with an app, but sometimes you don't even need to. Um, maybe, maybe the problem can be solved by removing something, not mm. adding something. So I think that way, NID and NIFT both played a really big part in. How I think, how I am, what I believe in, etc. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, education includes a lot of pe- a lot of people think that are not really helpful in their career. But I think in some or the other way, they might be not be able to see it at the certain time. But someday they will realize they did kind of played a part in their life in what they are right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah. So in fact. um uh, i think frustration with an educational institute can also be very important learning from that educational institute like for example um like i said that nift was a lot of execution and there wasn't a lot of critical thinking in terms of um what we were doing obviously like there was some but uh, a lot of our course was very prescriptive um i'm aware that that has changed now but at that time the course was you know designed many years in advance it didn't take into account like new technologies or uh, new thought processes things like that so um when i was in nift in third year right before third year i did an internship um with an export house we were designing clothes for zara and it was my first um like you know face to face introduction with how industrially garments are made and i was appalled with the amount of wastage that i saw and i was only working in a sampling unit so the production was actually happening somewhere else but i was so appalled by the amount of waste in just that sampling unit you know that i started thinking about um why you know i started questioning myself like why am i even part of this like i am perpetuating this and i started feeling the guilt of that and um and then i started go like thinking more about sustainability what i need to do how can fashion be more sustainable and that's how i um and obviously like around that time i was also like looking at nift in general uh, how design courses were like how design courses were using so many materials and wasting so many materials so that whole uh, environment sort of made me really question whether design is um you know a friendly practice to the environment we say so many good things about design but is it even really uh you know is this just lip service that we're doing is it even really good for people are we uh, taking into account the people that we're designing for the people we're that we're designing with 
the people who are helping manufacture our products things like that and um, wastage was one of the issues that was really close to my heart i mean it still is really, really close to my heart and um, so in fourth year i did my graduation project in zero waste pattern making so i worked with an, another export house uh, in uh, in indore near indore and we worked with patterns and how we can redesign the design process for garments so that the marker efficiency basically the amount of wastage that you get by cutting the garments out of that fabric is minimal so the average marker efficiency for like say a, fa a fashion garment like zara or something is um, around maybe 70% and the collection that we made had an average uh, marker efficiency between um, say 95 to 97% which was a which was a big increase accounting for sizes as well so um so that was one of the things and then i wo started working at doodledge um and doodledge i'm not sure you know but it's a really really good brand it is an upcycle fashion brand and uh, i think it's been a few years even when i was there they were showing at fashion week kriti was my first boss and i learned so so much by working there it was a startup um but at the same time like it was an upcycle based startup and um it was due, it was while working there that i started to realize that you know i had a uh, i had an interest in how organizations functioned how um, you know how when you're talking about sustainability it's not just sustainability of materials which i think doodledge was able to do really well because you know everything was upcycled but also i was uh, questioning um to myself like okay does sustainability of material also mean sustainability of business you know or is it like uh, is this approach scalable is it not scalable can we are we like solving the problem here or are we creating a silo and these are all these questions that i had at that time and um, that really made me um, look outward and try to understand and that's when i found the course strategic design management which is about designing for organizations and uh, from the seniors that i spoke to from the people i got in touch with um everybody um had different ideas of what this course is but when i mentioned that hey you know what this is what i'm thinking about i'm thinking about how can we design businesses better or how can we design organizations better um i realized that that was the place to be so that's how i got there and from there i got here that that's kind of a that's kind of a story you kind of put it in a right way like the structured wise like what happened and what happened that is something that everyone should learn from it that uh, slowly and steady everything comes along and you get the fact that what you want to do and how you want to do and you start learning different different things at different different stages i think yeah i think uh, following that that gut feeling is really important like especially if you have something like um, you know if you feel like something's not right in the world i think um that following following that yeah. really helped me get where i am and i think even now i feel like okay you know what like not everything is right in the world and i really want to uh, like even within ux research practice um i've been trying to understand more about inclusion like for example right now we make products for like the mainstream few people mm -hmm. you know people who are already tech aware or already 
know how to read and write in english mm. or people who are familiar with qwerty keyboards for example but yeah. a lot of the people in our country they're coming online for the first time now yeah. you know their first interaction with the internet is not through a laptop it is through a mobile phone and for people like that you know um people who are using it for the first time qwerty keyboards don't make sense yeah. you know they have no point of reference uh and in fact even now like if if as a designer i were to give someone um a task that hey you know what like make a way for like create a way in which a person can input data into the phone okay qwerty keyboard is not going to be their answer <laughs> you know is not going to be an effective solution but still we continue to like hold on to these like legacy systems and by virtue of this we end up excluding people who are not intimately familiar with these things so qwerty keyboard is only one example but other examples like even how we structure menus how we structure websites all of these things are uh, by their nature exclusive mm. to a certain number of people so that's something that i'm now trying to be, like bring forward and i think it comes from that you know this is not right that indignant feeling that nahi ye nahi kar sakte you know not not if i'm there so that that is that is something i would say very great to do and i kind of resonate with it because of the fact that uh, my thinking is that uh, why i am i'm really involved with like social work and societies and organization like that so uh, uh, my thinking was this it started with the same fact that not something is not right and i need to change it right so how can i like because like a person like me from a middle class family what can i do like what can i do so something that came up as a student something like i can join organizations i can bring a little bit of change from that so that is something how, how i started and i think uh, i kind of uh, then i kind of made up my mind in the sense that uh, if i need to uh, bring change like like I, i'm taking a lot of from the society like i'm taking opportunities i'm taking like education i'm taking a lot of things right but i need to give back to the society in some other the way form So I think I think that is in some way I kind of did that. That's why I resonate with the same way like you do. Yeah. So yeah. going forward, uh, like I think this is the same for I can I can reconnect with the I can connect with it with the fact that you founded a uh, co-founded uh, Repap. So can you like would you want to explain about it? Like how did you got into startup and how what did that? I think how did that idea came? I think kind of the same point comes, yeah. but yeah, exactly. Just a little bit story behind it and how did it go. Yeah, so this was uh, it was actually uh, an idea that my friend Sneha and I had already spoken about a few times. We were both really into stationery. We've been really good friends since first year of undergrad, and somehow we get each other, you know. Um, so we just um, it started like our friendship started with mutual love of stationery. We'd go to different places. We'd go to different shops and look at the kind of paper that they had. We would go and like touch the paper. Uh, there's this uh, shop in green park called uh, riksha recycle so it has all recycled papers and we would go there and just spend some time there it's a really tiny shop it's like it's like very very small and uh, we would just go there and spend like hours there you know it was um, uh, it was something that we just did plus we were both really into um, you know against waste we were the kind of people who would like save paper and use the back side of the paper not waste anything um try to like upcycle as much as possible so when um when i was doing my internship uh, when when i was doing my graduation project 
and I was in Indore. I think that's when Sneha uh, messaged me once that, hey, you know, do you want to do something together? Um, not sure yet, but do you want to do something together? And as soon as I came back, we started, you know, thinking about it more seriously. And uh, yeah, and that's when we started because I think it was kind of, uh, kind of quite clear for us as well that, um, you know, like we're, we're into stationery, we're into upcycling. It had to happen. There was no other way. And uh, in fact, at the time I was working with Doodledge. So Doodledge was actually the first um, client for us as well. You know, Doodledge was the person who had faith, like Kriti was the person who had faith in the idea. It worked really well with Doodledge's brand ethos as well. That, you know, we were working with upcycled paper, upcycled materials. She was working with upcycling. So we did like garment tags, uh, bill books and things like that. And uh, yeah, and then once Doodledge did it, I think a lot of other smaller brands did it as well. And um, um, I think a year later, yeah, less than a year later, actually, I moved to Gandhinagar. So I kind of, um, you know, because of a lot of coursework, a lot of studying, and because I was physically apart, so Sneha has been taking it forward in her own way. Uh, I've been trying to help as much as I can, but I think now it's Sneha who's taking it forward and I'm really, really like proud of her and how she's doing it. She's introduced a lot of things. She's been doing workshops. She's been uh, introducing new printing techniques like cyanotype printing and all. She's even set up a print studio in her own house. So, I mean, I really believe in the idea. Uh, that being said, you know, like with uh, like Repap was one of the major reasons as well that I started thinking about, you know, is this scalable? Does this make sense uh, in terms of business sustainability? Is this how businesses work? How do you structure a business? And that's why I decided to go to strategic design management. And there I learned so many things that I felt like, oh, my God, there is so much <laughs> that I need to know. And um, yeah, and I really fell in love with researching about like um, people, about talking to people. So there's that. I think that that is something which also connects with how you are today. I think it's my internet. Let me just. Yep. Hello. I think now it's good. Yeah, I think now my internet's working. Yeah, it was my internet that. No worries, I have no trigger time. I will make a cut. Okay. Okay. So, Thank you so much. Yeah. So, yeah, I was saying that this is something that uh, is trying, is basically connecting with who you are today and like something in, in the process that came which made you think, like, okay, I need to do this thing. And you then started doing that particular thing. Okay, so uh, I think the next question comes to the fact that how did ATL happen and uh, like did, did your masters help you get to the ATL because a lot of people have the fact that for example me as well I'm in the process of thinking should I do a masters in design or not what are your suggestions or how was your experience in that? Okay, I think that's too many questions so I'll take it as uh, I'll take it one by one. First is uh, how did I get to ATL? Airtel was a campus placement. So in one way, yes, being in a master's program helped. Second, um, 
how did i get to being a ux researcher um okay so the thing with design is that there are multiple aspects to design right and uh, while i was in nid one of our professors krishnesh uh love krishnesh i think he taught me so much um he t- he mentioned this thing like if you want to decide what you want to do in life and assuming that you are in a design course so design hi karoge or design related kuch karoge so you need to decide whether you like computers more or you like humans more and i think that um that really helped me make a decision because i know that i have grown up with computers but i don't love being around computers you know i would rather be around people i'm i'm more that kind of person that i want to like physically meet a person i want to like spend time with them and for me research was um, something i was already interested in from school time but um, you know like i was a nerdy kid my favorite top like my f- favorite thing to do was like read encyclopedias <laughs> you know i was that kind of a kid i i would play this game on uh, wikipedia um so you know you go you click on something and then you like go and like click on one hyperlink then you like follow all the hyperlinks and try to get back to that original page so and just just to see how everything is connected so um yeah i was a weird kid man uh, <laughs> i don't know i don't know how normal people make it in in design but i was definitely weird so anyway uh, i knew that i liked spending time with people and that helped me decide that hey you know what like i want to like whatever i do i want to be more connected with humans so um obviously like uh, one part of design became a little bit not too interesting for me you know that was the visual design part of it or the actual development part of things or uh, say even like things like vr and stuff where you have to like spend a lot of time just um making things on the computer or um, like making everything pixel perfect that was something that i was personally not that interested in so uh in fact even during my interview with airtel which was a campus in, uh, interview uh i told saurav my manager that you know um i can do it but my real interest is in like research and uh, service design and these kind of things which are not like uh, which are not like part of that final product that people see but they're more like backstage yep uh, backstage processes which are also really important for creating experiences yep. exactly and initially i was hired as a product designer but um, when uh, when airtel decided to start a ux research team i think it was that interest that hey you know what like we already know that this girl is into research she wants to do research so they just pulled me and they put me in the research team like hey you know what like we're starting a new team why don't you join this mm-hmm. and uh, i think that's um, i think that comes from being vocal about what you like and what you believe in exactly and um, yeah and i think that's important and I, and that previous um, re- like inter- introspection and reflection about do i really like this or do i like this aspect of things is also very important and i'm great i'm grateful that i could actually do it like so early in my career but um i know that uh, even like even if i had not had this opportunity i would still be like willing to do all parts of the process but at the same time like um you know saying that hey you know what like i i'm ready to do everything but this is what i really enjoy 
if you just put that out there i think people will keep that in mind as well Thank so you. yeah that was interesting i think uh, how the how you got hired as a product manager and one thing that as as you said one keep in mind that keeping your like getting a voice to the person that what you really like and getting a voice out be op- being open about what you really like because a lot of people kind of think that okay so i'm right now i'm getting this particular post i should take it because uh, it might be good for me but would not satisfy what i love so i think you should always keep in mind what you really yeah i think uh, i think it's important to follow your natural interests now um, i actually have a little bit of a um, contrarian a contrarian point to that follow what you love i think that's not always possible and i think uh, there's also one thing that one perspective that i just want to bring into this conversation which is that you know in design uh, there is too much conversation about you have to be passionate yeah. and you have to like love what you do and um, you know your inner passion should drive you and i think that um, that's great if it drives you but a you can't always rely on passion to do like to get your work done matlab you can't wait ki acha mujhe inspiration aayega ya andar se passion aayega then i'll do work because at the end of the day it does become a job and sometimes you will do like boring parts of it and you have to do them there's no um, and i think it's a profession that um you know that has a lot of boring parts as well mm. so there's that and the second part is that uh, sometimes um because of passion or because like people are really like you know like driven by love sometimes when you're like say negotiating with an employer or something like i've seen this with some people so i you know like because you are so eager to do that work uh, sometimes you can short sell yourself or you know you don't negotiate mm. you know just just because you enjoy doing the work doesn't mean that you don't deserve to be fairly compensated for it so i think that's just something that i would really like to put out for people who are um newer in the industry so that you know just that just Good so we're yeah. yeah like just keep that in mind okay that that is that is something i think this is something that everybody who is listening to this or watching this should take from this uh, particular part as well yeah so kind of coming to the end i have just two questions left i just wanted to ask you about uh, how's your work environment at airtel and like what what do you if in brief if you want to tell you tell what do you exactly do at airtel okay so um when i actually applied to airtel um i didn't think it was going to be like this i thought kya re airtel jaisi company ko designer kyu chahiye <laughs> and then i realized that um, you know airtel is a really large organization and for that big an organization i think we have um and we also have a fairly large design team we have over 60 people in the team which is generally unheard of in indian organizations yeah. right um but i think it's a very well managed and uh, very nice team i think it's a good feeling to be part of it I wish we were working from office because I think the people who are there are like genuinely some of the most talented people. Uh, they're so helpful and supportive, and um, I just wish I got to spend more time because I think right now what we do is we work in uh, these things called pods. So even though the design team is sixty-one people or sixty-something people, 
uh, we don't get to meet everybody. You know, not everyone works together. We have these like little groups, which are like uh, you'll have like one designer, one product manager, or like two, three product managers, one data person. I say, like it's a mix, and they work on say one feature or one part of that product. And uh, because I'm a UX researcher, and it's a very small team, so we we go from team to team depending on what their requirements are. So um, you don't always get to work with all of the teams. and you don't get to work with all the people so there are so many people that i have so much to learn from mujhe unse itni sari baatein karni hai but you know i don't yeah i have not been able to like spend so much time with them and i wish uh, offices start opening again because i think that that team feeling you know is something that i really miss but other than that um, airtel is a really nice place to work in terms of like if you're a designer so what um, So Airtel design team and Wink and Extreme design team is actually one team. So it's so even though they're like technically two different companies, it's a uh, one team now, and um, it's it's a good place to work at. And like I said, I work as a UX researcher. So my primary job is to be the voice of the customer. So generally, a person, either a designer or a product manager, will. come and uh, you know like have some requirement like you know this is what we want to find out about the users or maybe they have something like okay we we're thinking of launching this feature but we don't know whether this is um you know this is a real need or whether how the people will respond to it or uh, we have made these prototypes but we don't know if our users will understand so before we develop it let's test it out so these are the kind of things that um we try to uh, do for the products so that we can also become a bridge between the actual user and the people who are designing for them so yeah as as a ux researcher my job is only to say that okay you know what like you know the user does not understand your product or the user does not find this useful or the user finds it useful but doesn't know how to use it or something like that so that Okay, so I think anyone who is watching and who is an Airtel user should contact you. <laughs> oh my God, you don't know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I call people for research and they think I'm customer service. So they tell me that, yes, okay, we have your answer, but our network is not. So that's something that happens a lot. That so is, that is a great story. Yep. Uh, yes. <laughs> I think the last question is something for the audience and something to help the audience out. Uh, what will be your two cents or two pieces of advice would you like to give to the younger people who are watching, who are getting into design or who are in design, like something to let them tell that how to grow in design industry? Okay, so actually, I'm very young in the design industry as well, um, but uh, from what I've seen. i think it's really important to have a sense of purpose and to um, introspect in terms of what you like doing what you are good at and try to um, build that bridge between both of these things so if you are uh, interested in visuals if you are if you really like say beautiful products or if you have a particular industry that you work with so for example my classmate zia he is Uh, an avid sportsman he is really into sports wo class se zyada aise na basketball court mein hota tha because he was he just really loved sports but um, 
you know when, and when not but like when we had to find our internships and everything um he wanted to really work with a sports related or like a health related company so and he applied for this um, organization cult fit cure fit cult fit the cult. yeah cult so it's owned by cure fit mm-hmm. uh he didn't get through to through like the hr round or something like that but he was so passionate about it that he had a product idea and he wrote directly to the ceo and said that hey you know what like i am this person this is my idea and i would really like to you know uh do this in your organization and based on his passion plus his skill set which was uh, strategic design management okay. everything combined together and uh, you know he started his internship there he worked on the meditation and yoga pro- uh, program it's launched now it's live now and um, and he also got absor- uh, like absorbed into the organization after that simply because he was like just the right fit for that organization so maybe uh, i think what i would take from that is that if you are interested in something you know like you might be into music you might be into news politics whatever i think design is one of those industry agnostic um or domain agnostic industries where um the process remains the same but uh, the content can always change so if you are interested in something you can really channel uh, your design through that so maybe you might not be um say starting out you might not be the best designer but you might be that best intersection of designer plus uh plus something like maybe designer and really into politics or designer and really into history or something like that and find that organization which is trying to do that kind of work maybe if you're into like finance then you know you could apply for a fintech, fintech. company or bank or something like that i think uh, you know i think design is a good field mm. to or a good path to pursue and you can really stand out by applying only to like the places that uh you really feel a connection to like i said that intersection if you identify those organizations and you really like write them a letter you meet the people that you are working with you convince them that hey you know what you know there are like 50 designers applying to this position or 500 but i not only i'm good at designing but i also know about your industry so much and i think that's one way of you know you really being able to make some impact even as a junior designer that is great i think those two cents a lot of people should keep in mind when they are trying to get into design industry or are in design industry that these will be really helpful to you guys as well so yeah uh, we are at the end of the podcast thank you so much shristi for coming in and any thank you note for the audience uh no thank you for having me here uh, it was great it's my first podcast <laughs> and uh, yes thank you so much thank you babe Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Shristi, for accepting the invite, and thank you so much for coming. Uh, anyone who wanna connect to Shristi, her socials will be linked down below. And thank you so much for watching or listening this anywhere you are. And see you next time.